and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Um, So if you haven't met us before, we are Lloyd and Fee Thomas, and we've been a part of this church for many, many years and um, love this church. And I just want to say on that note, uh, thank you to Pastors Brad and Ali and Christy for um, trusting us with this platform. And And Andrew, you've done an incredible job tonight again, mate. (laughs) This place wouldn't be together like it is, except for you. (laughs) Thanks, mate. And especially trusting us with this topic, because I think this is a topic um, that, you know, God's own heart is after real love and relationships, right? For us to do this well, for us to get a handle on how, what does a godly relationship look like on the earth? So why don't we start by, um, by opening in prayer. Father God, we just thank you for the freedom we have, Lord God, to gather around your table and Lord, feast on your word, Father God. We just pray, Lord, that you would speak to us each individually, Lord, from your word. We thank you, Father, that you would have your way in this house tonight. We commit this next 30 minutes to you, Father God, and we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Cool. I thought I'd just start off by uh, a couple of questions about um, uh, people said about prepare and enrich. What is it? What do you do? What is it all about? And all this kind of thing. And so... Let me just tell you, um, prepare is getting prepared for marriage and uh, even, you know, we've had some um, sort of more aged people that were looking at getting engaged and, and they've come to us and said, look, we'd like to do prepare. And it's, it's understanding what your partner's all about and, and it really gives you insight. You do a questionnaire, it gives you depth on, you know, what you've thought about because we all come from different parts. Our, our, our normal is not normal. Our normal is only normal to us, you know, like Fiona says, normal's the setting on the dryer. And, um, and so the thing you've got to think about is, okay, how do, I, how do we become compatible? How do we work this thing through? And if you can deal with that sort of stuff before you get married, it's a lot easier to, to work through and walk through as you are married. And, um, and enrich is, um, it, it's basically after you've been married, you know, for several years, or you just want to renew stuff. You want to get stuff, you know, sorted. If you're going around the mountain and you're sort of going, how wow, we just never seem to get this fixed. We come back to this same part all the time and we never seem to resolve this issue. We fight about the same thing. How do we fix that? And that's what enrich is, and, uh, or I call it repair. And, uh, you know, so prepare and repair. And, and so the, um, the whole thing is, it actually helps your marriage. And, and the way that Fiona and I sort of look at our marriage and, and, and sort of rate us, uh, rate ourselves is we have a scale of one to ten and we go okay where do we think we're sitting at the moment you know what do I think I'm you know where do we think our marriage is at, out of a scale of ten ten being great and so it's a really quick way for us to work out hey look you know do we need to work on something in our marriage so that's just a quick thing so there's some information about it. see people at the front desk afterwards if you uh, if you're interested awesome so I just wanted to give some context Lloyd mentioned last week about our breakup <laughs> so <laughs> I just wanted to have my say about our breakup because I wasn't. I didn't just do it to make you Remember, know to be, two sides to be to cruel, to be cruel, or to um, starve him for two weeks. But um, <clears throat> just so that you can understand, because it actually was really significant for us and for our relationship. And just so you know, we. I was actually Lloyd's sister's bestie in high school, so I came along to youth, and we sort of went, "Oh, who's that?" You know, and started going out in youth, as Tim said, 
was it Tim? No, it was Brad. Youth group is a good place to go. That was at Discovery Lunch today. A place you might find your future wife or husband. So we um, started dating and I was 15 and he was 17. We were young. We were just babies. And so we dated for five years and we got to a point where, um, you know, it was time to start thinking about our future. And it, it was actually, for me, something that I was thinking, am I just, is this just an assumption? Because I was so young when I got into this relationship. Is this just where everybody kind of expects that we will end up? And I didn't want to just end up there because I was in a fast-moving stream heading in a direction. I didn't want to just end up there because everybody thought that was the next step for us. I actually needed to hear from God. I needed to know, do, do I really choose this or am I just getting dragged along in the, in the momentum? So I had to get out to then decide to get back in. And, you know, it was tough. It was really tough. And Lloyd didn't eat for two weeks. And yes, I did hang with his family, which was awful. So every time he turned up to everything, I was there. So he couldn't get away from me. (laughs) But um, I needed to know that I chose this. And, you know, thank God I did because I didn't know back then that we would go through some difficult things in our relationship, in our marriage. And I was going to need to remember that we chose this. When the going gets tough, I wasn't going to have to come under those, you know, um, future excuses like maybe I was too young, maybe I was too naive, maybe I was just too immature, I was so young. No, we needed to make a decision that we chose this. Burn the bridges, burn the boats, the only way forward is forward. There's no going back. So that was, that was the reason I had to lay it down. And I think sometimes we get to a point in life we have to lay things down and go, God, you know what? I surrender. I surrender this thing. We spoke about surrender last week. I surrender it to you and I'm waiting on your direction. So I just wanted to give that some context. It was a uh, very hard two weeks for me. <laughs> actually, my parents were invited and the rest of my family were invited to someone's place. It was actually one of my groomsmen. And him and his wife um, had them over for dinner and um, for lunch. And, and I turned up late. I'd been down the beach and uh, Fiona was there. So it's like it was like everywhere I went, she was invited and I wasn't sometimes. So it was like quite bizarre. But uh, it was quite a unique relationship. Can and, I just uh, say on that, that, just to interrupt, I was actually really attracted to Lloyd's strength, his, his leadership, his, um, his drive, his, his ability to excel in a crisis. That really, that attracted me big time. But on the flip side of that, he wasn't particularly cherishing. <laughs> so I, I was working through, he knows that, so no surprise to him. It's fixed. I, it's all yeah, good, it's fixed. people. <laughs> like, I don't need prayer now, it's all good, all right? Totally. And I was a surfing widow. So he may have been just a little bit selfish. Ten. Little bit selfish. I was stuck on Gary Beach sometimes for four hours at a time thinking, please come in, I'm thirsty. There's nothing here to eat or drink. Anyway, so part of the reason was, I want you to hear this, part of the reason was that I needed to, I needed to understand some of these concerns that, that I had, we had, were they just things we needed to work through or were they a deal breaker? So there were things that we really needed to nut out together. It's very true, yeah. Fiona had to work on her attitude sitting on that beach. <laughs> and so, if you believe that, I've got some land on the swamp somewhere to sell you. So uh, actually, Fiona's one of those ones, like we don't fight much in our relationship. One of the things that we've worked out to do really quickly is, is deal with stuff straight away. 
Because you know what? If you don't deal with things straight away in a relationship, you have resentment build up and it comes out and it just blasts. And you go, what the heck? Where did that come from? And it's not from that particular time. It's from all the stuff you didn't fix up on beforehand. And so what we've done is learnt to actually deal with stuff as it goes along. So deal with things quickly. Deal with it, work it out, and work out a solution on how to deal with things quickly. All right? We had some questions last week. And um, one of the questions that came in was... How can I confirm, and this is something we were going to talk about, and probably the hardest thing about preparing for tonight was actually how do we condense years and years of doing this sort of stuff for people into, you know, a half an hour. And um, and one of the questions was, how can I confirm what is a sign or a word from God about my relationship? And, um, and you know, over the years, we've, we've had people, I've had men come up to me and go, oh, I feel like it's the one, it's the one, you know, I feel like God's speaking to me about it. And I go, well, have you confirmed it? Like you're just thinking, oh, this is the one and, and, you know, is it a bad bout of Kentucky Fried that makes you feel like God's moving or something like this or whatever it is? is or is it really the touch of God on this particular relationship? And, um, and so I've got some points here, all right? How do you confirm it's the, the, the actual Word of God or the destiny of God? Because God has a purpose for your life. It's not just about getting married. It's not just, oh, get married. This is actually destiny. This is future. This is people to come. This is generational, all right? Um, okay, does it line up with God's word? All right. And so what I mean by that is, are, they, are you equally, equally yoked? Okay. In Corinthians, it says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. All right. It's real easy. If they're not a Christian, for me, it was just a no-brainer. It was just like something I wasn't even going to think about because I, it's like I talked about last week, compromise leads to compromise. You start compromising on something, you're down a track before you know it on somewhere you didn't ever think you would go, all right? And so start to think about that. Seek wise counsel. In Proverbs, in Proverbs 15.22, it says, plans fail for a lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. All right, the counsel of many is wise. All right, so understand that if you seek wise counsel, not just from you know your peer group or anything like that, ask people who would know. All right, just get a select few people that you trust that are going to tell you not what you want to hear, but the truth. All right, because you don't want people around you to just go, oh yeah, he's a nice guy or she's a nice girl. Like, yeah, look, you look a beautiful couple. Like, you know, how good do you guys look? Instagram's fantastic. How's that? Like. It doesn't. It lies. Instagram lies. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a lying thing. It, people don't have that good of lives, trust me. It doesn't happen. You know what? I've been banned off Instagram twice. He's never I've posted, never posted anything. I've never posted anything. I'd have been banned off Instagram twice for inappropriate content. I've never done anything. I've never put anything up there. I've just gone sometimes. Oh, well, okay, it's off. There we go. All right, so uh, they're after me. All right, seek out confirmation. All right, test whether it is God's heart for you to be in relationship with that particular person. Understand it takes the test, you know. And the last thing is, are they secure in Jesus? All right, and I heard a really good line. Insecure people need more and settle for less. All right, get this. So insecure people need more and settle for less. Secure people need less and expect more. All right? So is the person that you're interested in, are they secure in Jesus? That's probably just, that would be a big, big red flag for me. All right? 
if they weren't secure in their relationship with Jesus, if that wasn't a, like a priority in their life, like, you know, they weren't going, okay, I'm not just turning up to church because it's convenient. I'm turning up because it's a conviction. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I really loved um, what Pastor Brad said today as well, actually, in um, Discovery Lunch. If you don't know what Discovery Lunch is, um, check it out. It's for all of the new people to church, gathering together. We had one today and it was so awesome. But one of the things that Pastor Brad said was, you know, when you're running flat out for God and doing, you know, you're in the midst of your destiny and you look to the side and there's somebody who's keeping up with you running flat out in their destiny, then they're a contender. And I think that's a really great way to decide whether somebody is a contender or not, is are they going to keep up with the pace of what God's got on your life? You know, it's just, I really love that. Um, I want to talk a little bit about conflict resolution because I think that's um, super important. And the thing is, marriage doesn't solve your problems. So many of us, when we're not married, are thinking, well, when I just get married, all of my problems will vanish. Marriage doesn't create your problems, but it reveals your problems. It simply magnifies what was already a problem when you were living as a single adult. So it, um, thank you. It, it, yeah, certainly exposes some of our issues. Conflict brings experience, and experience brings that growth in grace that cannot be attained by any other means. That's Charles Spurgeon, and he says, We are foolish to expect to serve God without opposition. So understand that there is going to be conflict. There will be. And I think part of doing conflict well is establishing some rules of engagement. It's going to happen, so let's decide ahead of time that it's going to happen well. Fighting fair. So here's some points for you. Number one, communicate. So many issues that happen in marriage are actually about communication. And often you'll hear people say, you know, the biggest things that happen in marriage are about money. No, you know what? The biggest things that happen in marriage are about communication about money (laughs) and communication about all sorts of other things. You cannot expect your spouse's, sorry, you cannot meet your spouse's expectations if you don't know what they are. And you can't expect your spouse to meet your expectations if you haven't shared them. So communicate those things. In our family, I have um, three boys, so I'm the only girl in the house. And we had this thing going on every time my birthday came around where I was the only one that didn't get a birthday cake because I was the birthday cake maker. So when it was my birthday, there was no birthday cake and I'd feel ripped off, right? (laughs) And to be honest, I didn't expect any of my boys to bake a birthday cake but at the end of the day, when, especially when they were little, I said to Lloyd, you know what, I actually think it's valuable for my boys to see their mum get a cake. I don't care if it's a $5 cake from Woolies. There has to be cake and candles because it's honouring to the birthday person, right? So we had this conversation that my expectation, my disappointment was coming from an unmet expectation. So unless I communicated that expectation to Lloyd, He's never going to know that I'm a little bit bummed every time my birthday comes around, I don't get a cake. And the same thing happened with our um, gift giving in our house because Lloyd was always a little bit terrified to choose something for me. He thinks I'm really I'm hard just to like buy most for. Blokes, seriously. <laughs> what am I going to do? And so he would spring on me the night before my birthday, on my birthday eve, what do you want for your birthday? And I'm like, are you kidding? It's tomorrow. Have you not done something? So he was a little bit. Came out so open till late. <laughs> So we found a solution, we found a solution and that is that all through the year when we come across things that I think, oh that's nice, 
I send it to Lloyd with a subject line email, fees wish list, with a link. <laughs> and he can file them away and then at the end I'm of the sorted. year, he's got options and I've forgotten so I still get a surprise. So the bottom line is we communicated a solution to the disappointment, so that's super important. Um, number two, don't ever fight in public. Just make a decision. We don't fight in public. It's awkward. It makes everybody feel uncomfortable. It's ugly. Don't do that. And don't fight in front of the kids either. You need to be a united front. Those things are super important. Number three for rules of conduct, time to cool down. Don't demand your spouse, um, don't demand from them immediate resolution. Because often in a relationship, and this can happen in dating as well, or even in lots of relationships, um, one person wants to figure it out right now, right now, in the heat of the moment, and the other person is going, oh, I just need to cool down. Um, you need to allow your spouse time to just gather their thoughts. So you want to talk about this now or you want to talk about this in 10 minutes? Number four, come to a resolution together. Figure out what you're, what you're contributing to the problem. Figure it out together. And not about, we often talk about this in Prepare, not ping-ponging over the issue. If this is the issue and Lloyd's on that side, and I'm on this side and we're going, there's the issue, and we ping-pong back and forth over the issue. The way that we look about it is, look at it, sorry, is put the issue in front of us and go, we, as a united front, what are we going to do about this thing? Yeah. Not, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. What are you going to do? You always, you never, you know. So it's owning and moving forward. Avoid the blame game, always and never. To make a relationship work, thank you, you both, you both need to take ownership of what you're contributing to the problem. Number five, who is in your crosshairs? Always remember you are on the same team. Don't shoot your teammate. Who's ever been to paintball? And that unexpected bullet to the face from someone on your own team. Come on, guys, who's ever been to paintball and someone in your own team whacks you right in the back or right in the face, right? And it's offensive, isn't it? Sorry, excuse me, spitting. You want to say it, not spray it. It's offensive. Don't shoot the person on, on your team. Ephesians 6, 12 says it like this. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. The message says it like this. This is no weekend war that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps. A life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. So understand we're in a battle. Expect opposition, but be prepared and be well or be, be on the front foot, be ready. And number six, if you are fighting to win the argument, you will most likely win the war. Sorry, lose the war. So if you're fighting to win the argument, you will most likely lose the war. Because your motive is to win instead of to find a resolution. If your motive is to win, you're missing the point completely. Your motive should be to find a solution, not to take a swing at your spouse. This is why we are so passionate about Prepare and Enrich, because we have such a burden to see people skilled up and to flourish in relationship. And we have faith for this because we have seen miraculous turnaround in marriages where, has, where there's been dry bones of disappointment. Like I'm talking 
dry bones are done, I'm out, it's dead, there's nothing left, disappointment. And we've seen restoration, absolute restoration in many marriages, including our own. So we have so much faith for this. Oh, leave that. It's all good. Your turn. <laughs> um, we're going to go into some of your questions. One thing we love is a bit of audience participation. And we enjoyed so much last week unpacking your questions. And I think there were so many um, great questions. And there was two this week around heartbreak that I want to address. And one of them said, how do you handle heartbreak over a lost friendship and still feel motivated to connect with others again? And the other one was, God does everything for a reason, but how do you handle heartbreak? And I want to say heartbreak is horrible. It can manifest as crushing grief, anguish or overwhelming distress. And, you know, you've got to give your heart time to heal. I think for this question, if you're not feeling motivated, then it's probably not time. And I don't think you need to push yourself out there to get back on the wagon. You know, just allow your heart to heal. The last thing you want to do is to drag your wounds from a broken relationship into the next relationship. And here's the thing, if you date well, and I spoke a lot about this last week, and you can go back and listen to the podcast if you want to, but if you date well and you keep your dating life pure, it's a lot less damaging to both of you if you decide to part ways. There's no damage. You know, it's fine to, you know, do some dating and have some coffees and do some hanging out, uh, but do it well and do it with purity so that if it's not right, you just part ways and it's all good. There's no carnage. So I definitely say that. If you've become physically involved with someone that you're breaking up with, it takes this to a whole other level of separation because there's ties that happen. The Bible says it like this, there's more to sex than mere skin on skin. Sex is as much a spiritual mystery as a physical fact. As written in Scripture, the two become one. Since we want to become spiritual, spiritually one with the Master, we must not pursue the kind of sex that avoids commitment and intimacy, listen to this, leaving us more lonely than ever. The kind of sex that can never become one. There is a sense in which sexual sins are different from all others. In sexual sin, we violate the sacredness of our own bodies, these bodies that were made for God-given and God-modelled love, for becoming one with another. Or didn't you realise that your body is a sacred place, the place of the Holy Spirit? Don't you see that you can't live however you please, squandering what God paid such a high price for? The physical part of you is not some piece of property belonging to the spiritual part of you. God owns the whole works. So let people see God in and through your body. You know, it is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So... Again, no condemnation, but guys, we are the bride of Christ. And we've got to clean up our act, whether you're single or married. Well, you know, even in marriage, there's things we need to clean up. We're the bride of Christ. We want to be prepared for him, right? We want to be in the world, but not of the world. We want to be salt and light. You know, we want to be a city on a hill. So these are things that we need to address in our lives. So those kind of breakups where there has been that physical um, connectedness already, you probably need some prayer. You know, you need to find a trusted leader to walk through that with you and, and just, you know, break that off so that you can walk away. It's a bit like this. It's like trying to free your tongue from a frozen flagpole. <laughs> I, want to think, I want you to think about that. Because when you try and take your tongue off a frozen flagpole, there's going to be some tearing, right? 
And some of you is going to remain, whether you like it or not. Bits of you are going to be stuck on that thing. It's kind of what happens in the spirit. You know, there's, there's a tearing apart because it's a spiritual. It says, as much a spiritual mystery as a physical act. So understand that there is some, some healing that needs to take place, but there is also some ministry that needs to take place to move, to move forward. That's very true. And, um, and it's the same with the, the last subject that I was talking about. If you've got a challenge in that area there, you need to seek accountable yeah. help, all right? Good wisdom. Good, good wisdom can conquer everything. And like Fiona talked about before, we're not, we're not, this is not a, uh, a physical fight here. This is a spiritual fight. And so uh, I'm going to finish on this last, um, this last question because uh, we're tight with time. I was asked, um, one of the questions was, what's the best marriage advice that I've ever received? And um, I thought, what a great question. And it was um, from a guy that I met. I only met him once. And um, he was an um, Austrian Olympic skier. And Fiona and I were at a function in um, Canberra. And he was the guest speaker. And Fiona and I was speaking there as well. And um, anyway, and we'd been go-karting uh, the day before the function had started. It was like a, a seminar and all this kind of thing. And we'd been, and we just clicked, you know, when you just meet someone, and and um, it was a really quality guy, and um, you know, he was telling me about his skiing and all this kind of stuff, and and um, you know, anyway, as we're go karting, he he hurt his rib, and um, and he really made a, you know, like he had a crash, and and he said to me afterwards, he said, oh, I think I've broken my rib, and I went, oh, really? And he goes, yeah, it's really really sore, and um, and he's a bit of a tough guy, and he goes. You know, oh, but I'll be fine. Like, anyway, we were hanging out really late one night, and uh, I think it was on the Saturday night. That was on the Friday. On the Saturday night, we we're hanging out, and um, it was like quarter to twelve. And uh, and he just said, "Look, I'm in really." We we're laughing. I was making him laugh actually, because <laughs> it was pretty funny seeing someone in pain go, "Oh, no, don't do that." You know. And, uh, and, uh, Anyway, and he said, look, I think I need to go to the hospital just to make sure that the thing hasn't splintered and it's going into my lung. And, um, and so we're up there at Canberra Hospital. He's got x-rays and I'm sitting there waiting and it's like quarter to, two, uh, quarter to three in the morning. And, um, and we're sitting there and, and he said, um, can I tell you something? And I said, sure. And he goes, it's going to hurt more than my rib. And I went, Oh, okay. He goes, it's about your marriage. And I went, sure. And he said, you don't honour your wife. And I went, oh, why? And he gave me some examples of what he'd seen and, and, and all this kind of stuff. He said, you know, I jumped up on stage and, you know, I like having a laugh when we get up here. And, and he said, your wife could have tripped over and you, didn't even, you wouldn't even have known. You were just doing your thing. And I went, oh, okay. And it just hit me. And then, I, and then next week at church, someone preached on that verse in, uh, in 1 Peter, where it says, if you do not honour your wife, your prayers are hindered. And I think there's so many married men that are going, God, hear my prayer. And all he's saying is, honour your wife, mate. Honour your wife. Because in the Bible, you know what? There's nowhere in the Bible there's a reference to wives, you should love your husband. It never says, there's no reference to wives loving, your, loving their husband at all. It says wives respect your husband. It says husbands love your wife, honour your wife. Okay, it says love your wife as Jesus loved the church, sacrificially. 
All right, in, in Ephesians it talks about that, which I think are probably they can put up those extra verses there and you can have a look at those. So we're short on time. So, But that's the best marriage advice I've ever got. Because I started really pursuing that then. And I went, you know what, how can I honour my wife? I used to pray and go, God, can you teach me how to honour my wife? Teach me how to do that. Teach me. I'd lay there in bed, I'd lay hands on feet and just nicely. But, um, but uh, I just... Yeah. And I'd just lay there with my hand on her back and I'd be praying, going, God, give me ideas, give me ways of honouring my wife. Because I had to learn that. I was dishonouring her and I didn't even realise. I used to walk ahead of her. And I used to go, come on, hurry up. I know I'm the only one that's ever done that. right? But it was true. I was dishonouring. And it's the best marriage advice I can ever give you. All right, Honour your wife. Your prayers will be heard if you do this. It's linked to success. And it's like that verse in, uh, was it Hebrews, I think it is, 38. And it says, you know, that, you're, you're, um, that um, confidence will give you a rich reward. It's the same with honour. Like if you honour your wife, it's got a rich reward. There's, there's, a, there's an end on the end of it. And you know what? We've talked about a bunch of stuff. We haven't got to everything or anything like that tonight that we wanted to talk about because time always just goes so quickly. But the thing I want to talk about, I, I was praying about what, what could we really pray for people for this week, all right? And I, and I thought, you know what? Worthiness. Worthiness. And so for some people, they actually don't think they're worthy of a good relationship. You might have had a terrible past, a terrible relationship. Your modelling of a relationship might have been your mum and dad who fight and there's just been brokenness there. Okay, and they just didn't know how to handle it. And if you're a young person here and your mum and dad are having challenges, send them to Enrich. I'm not joking. It'll change their life and it will change the future of your family. And I'm deadly serious. That guy that stood up and, and swore at me last week that I spoke about, all right, I'll give you the example of what happened there. Like I stood up and I was pretty forceful back and all this kind of thing and put him in his place because it was my house. I'm not going to be spoken to like that in my house. But the second week, he broke into tears and he was a broken man about um, uh, what actually had happened. The third week, we started to see restoration. The fourth week, he came to church, gave his heart to the Lord and became a Christian. So it didn't just change his life, it actually changed the history of his family. Like the generations to come now have someone that stood up and said enough is enough. And I was incredibly forceful with him because he needed to hear the truth, not to be a victim, but he needed to know that, you know what, we can have victory in this. And so if you don't think you're worthy of a good relationship, there's a flip side to it. Don't be a victim. Understand that God sent His Son to give us victory in every part of our life. Not, not just part of it that I overhear when we come to church on a Sunday, but every part. Relational. He loves relationships. God's the author of love and sex and relationship and marriage. So why does He not want you to do it well? Okay, and so we're going to open the altar in a minute and for people to come down, we're going to pray for you and the leaders are going to get along and pray for you as well. And if you need prayer, that's one of the things I really felt on my heart this week of worthiness. If you think like, and, and there's a bunch of other things, Fiona's going to go through a couple of things as well. For you to come forward 
And we're going to pray that you actually feel worthy and we're going to break that off your life because you are worthy of a good relationship. You deserve it, all right? The stuff you've done in the past, that's not held against you. There's no condemnation in Christ, all right? We're all new beginnings, all right? We're all new, new people in Christ. And we need to understand that and hold that as truth. You know, Jesus exampled Himself in um, John 8, when that woman was caught in adultery and, you know, the, the people dragged her before Jesus and all pointed fingers and what are you going to do about this because she should be stoned to death. And He exampled what, what He would example to us, but also what our attitude needs to be towards others. And that was, let him who is without sin throw the first stone at her. And, you know, His heart for us is restoration, forgiveness. He has mercy because He loves you. And you know, tonight when, when we were preparing, I believe that God showed me that there are people in the room tonight that perhaps you find yourself in a place that you didn't expect to be. Perhaps you feel gridlocked in your marriage and you feel stuck with maybe your, um, you know, your, your habits or your, the way that you relate to your spouse. Um, perhaps you're in the room and you're contending with heartbreak. God wants you to know that this is not your checkmate. You are not in checkmate. Because if you're not dead, <laughs> He's not done. And He's got moves you've never seen. And in just one move, He can take the victory in your life, in your marriage, in your relationship. And when Lloyd and I, we found ourselves in a place of desolation in our marriage, and many people don't know that. And you know, I got to the place where I, I didn't know what was next. I didn't know where to from here. And I picked up my Bible and it fell open at Jeremiah 33. And the title that struck me right between the eyes was The Promise of Restoration. And it was speaking about the town, the, it was speaking about towns, Judah and Israel. But God was speaking to me because it said in verse 10, This is what the Lord says. You say about this place, it's a desolate waste without people or animals. Yet in the towns of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem, that are deserted, uninhabited by people or animals, there will be heard once more the sounds of joy and gladness, the voices of bride and bridegroom, and the voices of those who bring thank offerings to the house of the Lord, saying, give thanks. Give thanks to the Lord God Almighty, for the Lord is good, for His love endures forever. For I will make this land happier and more prosperous than it has ever been before. So come tonight, because God is all about restoration. He's all about joy and gladness, peace and prosperity, wholeness, fruitfulness, all the things He has for your future. So if any area touched you that we spoke about tonight, 
If there's anything, even if it's just that you want what God has for you and you want to align your life to what He's planned for you because the, the Word says that He's planned every day since before the beginning of time. And if you want to walk in the midst of your destiny in the Thanks area of, of relationships and love, for more info about on, Horizon Church, let us pray please for you tonight. Our website at We're just going to go into a, a time of worship. Have a fantastic worship. day and we hope to see you again. We invite you to come.